You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 102 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. It's been a while since we've talked to you guys. We needed some time to kind of let it set in, get over the the true pain even though I don't know it'll ever go away because I'm still thinking about that 2004 loss. Um, But man, I don't think just that I realized because like obviously you're so excited going in the Super Bowl we did have the more talented team um I truly believe we were just out coached yep um in it but we did have the more talented team so I don't think I realized and like I don't think Philly's kind of realized like before or heading into the game because it was so recent um since we won the Super Bowl that besides those two Super Bowls like in 2018 and this year or 2017 and this year I have only other ever seen one other Super Bowl and that was in 2004 like I just think that is insane when you think about that because like it kind of feels like we've had such a good team and like we're so used to this right now because of recency bias but like no like the Eagles won the Super Bowl that was the first time that they've been back to the Super Bowl it since 2004 so that was what 13 seasons yeah I mean and I think part of it is like being a four for four or five for five, however you want to look at it, sports town, like there has been a lot to be excited about over the last, say, 25 years or so in in Philadelphia sports, right? Like you think about the Sixers with Allen Iverson and then you had like, the Eagles had an incredible couple years. Like unfortunately, mm-hmm. that was the only Super Bowl that they made it to under Andy Reid with Donovan McNabb. But like they were, it, it was like, think about like the way that you, Boston fans feel like right now like it was almost a lock in making it into playoffs for the majority of their teams like for the Eagles for like six or seven years in there like the playoffs were a lock for the Philadelphia Eagles they were in the NFC championship game what was it like five appearances under Andy Reid or something and like again unfortunately it was only the one Super Bowl and it was a crushing loss and it you know still haunts us all to this day but like 
that 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 was really exciting. And then you had like the Phillies that went on that incredible run from 2007 to 2011 um, when the Eagles were not great. And then you had the process Sixers that they're just kind of in there for a little bit, but then like the Sixers started doing really good things again and giving you hope in the play. Now, obviously like they break your heart at the end of the season every year, but you know, they've been it, it, like watching Joel Embiid is fun. That is mm-hmm. exciting. Like the Eagles have been, you know, on the upward trend again. They're fun to watch. They're exciting to watch. The Phillies, obviously, this year, like when they signed Bryce Harper, the Phillies became fun again. And it was always a push. It was always exciting. And like, I know that they hadn't made the playoffs, but like it was exciting to see the Phillies play again. And they were always giving you something exciting. So, I mean, I feel like while there isn't a lot of hardware to show for it, and like, I feel like it, I don't this I don't want this to come across as like a loser mentality but like they have always given us something to like be excited about and while yes we've had our hearts broken many 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 times like it's been there's been a lot of fun exciting seasons in there and I think that the you know the difference with this Super Bowl while it was crushing and heartbreaking and you and I talked about like we both went into that Super Bowl with complete confidence in this Eagles team. A lot of people. Jalen Hurts did everything and more that I could have asked of him. But the exciting thing is like the future is still so bright for the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts and because of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, who's here for the next five. Like all of those things give you a lot of confidence in, in the Eagles and their ability to definitely learn from this and and bounce back and and you know stay in this conversation and continue to be this relevant and one of the prominent teams in the NFL so while it was brutal and heartbreaking and we'll talk about it in terms of like the controversies that are there also but like you know it's it's hard to be upset at especially the offensive performance yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I don't think I'm more so upset. I'm just more, uh, I guess I'm, I am upset, but like, it's more so like, it's not like I'm mad at this team. It's just like we had it and it got ripped away from us. You know what I mean? Like that is the feeling because they were so dominant because they are or were the more talented team. But then you saw that like, I truly think it was just an experience thing and an, a coaching thing. Like obviously the chiefs have very recently been almost their identical team has gone to three super bowls already within Patrick Mahomes first five years, you know? So like they knew what adjustments had to be made and they knew um, that they'd have an extremely long halftime and that would could had the potential to completely change everything. You know what I mean? Cause like, Philly did have all the momentum going into the half, but they have nobody. I mean, besides like a few of their veterans, they really had nobody on the team that was like, Hey, this is going to be a long halftime. Keep it up. You know? Well, that's also, I mean, if you think back on it, that's what screwed the Eagles in 2004. They didn't appropriately game plan and prepare. Which makes sense. It was Andy Reid's first Super Bowl. But I will also say the, the offense had no problems. I the agree. offense was doing anything. They could score they at will and do anything and everything they wanted. It was a defensive coaching problem and lack of adjustments. Yes. And very true. I'm very, you know, for the first time when we say like, oh, you can leave this person there and, and fly home. You can fly home and leave that one there. They actually did. 
That was great. <laughs> Tom McGannon, you can stay in Arizona. You don't, you're not welcome back in Philadelphia. And he actually stayed there. And that's, that's all. Dude, what about, and this is how you know it's bad. So like, obviously you have some media members that are like, oh, and some fans that are like, oh, you can't blame just the coach, blah, blah, blah. Eh. Watching the game, yeah, a lot of it was. And then now you're seeing like guys like CJ Gardner-Johnson with the tweet where they're calling him out. And it's like, obviously he can't do everything and he isn't the actual player. But yeah, he is the guy that tells them where they should line up and like is the one that's supposed to be putting them in the right spots to do what they do in that sense. And and make the adjustments if something's not working. Like yeah. the difference is I, I feel like in the first half you saw and we'll we'll get into the the turf and the the side yeah. game and that whole BS, <laughs> but you saw what what the Eagles do well is get home on the quarterback and wreak havoc from that perspective. That's what the defense did well. And clearly that wasn't able to be done in this game based on what was going on. But the lack of adjustment is the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it, that's, that's the issue. They, they just needed to make one play. Someone just needed to make one play and they were unfortunately not put in the correct situation to do that. And I think you saw you, the perfect example of not making that adjustment and not n- in real time, being able to make a shift to, to how you, they scored that those last two touchdowns that they scored the same exact play on different sides of the field, like, mm-hmm. and, and how unbelievably wide open sky Moore and oh, who was the other person? And was it, it was Kadarius Tony scored oh, yeah. his first touchdown, you know, like whatever. Um, if you can't recognize that as a defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, that's a problem. So more than anything, it's just the lack of, it's the lack of adjustment. If, if something's not working, you have to figure out a way to, to fix the problem. Like if you were to show me Patrick Mahomes' stat line and tell me that he only threw for 182 yards, I would tell you that the Eagles won by 40 points. And Jay threw for 304 yards. I'd be like, oh, the Eagles won by 30. It was a waste of the Super Bowl. It is crazy because, like, obviously in real time, you're just looking for the product. Like, you were seeing the result kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're seeing what's happening in front of your face. You're not realizing that Jalen Hurts put up the numbers that Jalen Hurts had. Like, he completely outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Granted, Patrick Mahomes was playing on, like, a shot-up ankle. But, um... Jalen Hurts had a bum shoulder. But he played a fantastic game. Like his balls, they deep. That sounds funny. Um, But (laughs) but like it just, they were such perfect throws. And like he played the game of his life. And it was, that's what I was going to say. It was amazing because like you saw in some of the playoff games, granted he did have a bum shoulder, Mm -hmm. but there was that little concern of, oh, is he going to be, um, somebody that can't really pull it off like wants to in that limelight but can't because like obviously everybody goes back to the Alabama game when he got benched and then you haven't seen him be, be as good as he can be in some of these playoff games yeah. but that Super Bowl game I think that put him 
truly, truly on the map of one of the best in the league. Like even guys that hated him, like Craig Carton on FS1, the morning show or whatever, even he put Jalen Hurts as his number two quarterback in the league after that. Because you can't deny it anymore. And there's still some people that choose to because he's Philadelphia, unfortunately. But there is no denying that he's one of the best in the league. He was absolutely sensational in the Super Bowl. Like, I I expected him to absolutely rise to the occasion and, and play an extremely impressive game. He surpassed. Like, you're exactly right. The placement of some of those balls from him was unbelievable. Like, Mm -hmm. he played, and that's also what makes it hurt so bad, is, like, he did everything. And, I, you know, Travis Kelsey said it on the the New Heights podcast. Like, arguably, Jalen Hurts should have been the MVP regardless of the fact that he lost. Like, arguably – Jalen Hurts, he was the most impressive player on Super Bowl Sunday. And that's so true. And that's where it just sucks where the NFL just has their things that they do. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But, But like, I mean, 27 for 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, 70 yards on the ground, and three touchdowns on the ground as well. I mean, and, and, you know, his skill guys stepped up as well. A.J. Brown – 96 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, seven receptions for 100 yards. Dallas Goddard had 60 yards. The one person that had butterfingers, Quez Watkins, that was, that hurt. That hurt. It hurt. It hurt. It hurt. And also he had AJ wide open for another touchdown on the, like, just like a couple yards over. But again, like, you got to make that, like, you got to make that. Oh, 100%. Such a shame because you think, what was it? It was 35 points is the most points ever scored. By a loser, a loser in the in the Super Bowl, like that's insane. Thirty five, like thirty five points. You you need to win a football game. Like yeah, and and I will say like there were a couple times where they had to settle for a field goal and like that you know that definitely hurt them. But also like you know it just it just sucks. And then for for the game to end on the. The, the final penalty. Now, here, here is my opinion on the final penalty. It was a hold. He held it. He did. N- no disagreement whatsoever. However, I firmly believe that by that point in the game, players are playing based on the way that the game has been officiated up to that point. Very true. That's not, some, that's not a call they were making up to that point. Do I, did he help, did he hold him? Yes. However, it was a very ticky tack call that it's a shame to make in that moment when that had not been how, how they had been consistently calling the game throughout. I agree with that. And it's just unfortunate because now obviously, you know, we had, we significantly had a horse in the race, right. And, and it was disappointing, but as a football fan, if I didn't have a horse in the race, and a lot of football fans were extremely disappointed that they didn't get to potentially see one of the best endings to a Super Bowl ever. Because again, if you look at that objectively without a horse in the race, that's like one of the best Super Bowls of all time. 
Literally. The best Super Bowls. And the craziest part about this is you have a quarterback. Like, they not only were they the first quarter or black quarterbacks to go against each other in the NFL, but they also were the youngest combined age. So you have these two guys that are going to be here for a long, long time. And good hands. You, yeah. But you got robbed of seeing these young stars really go at it. And I agree with you 100%. It was a hold. Yes. But I agree with you also in the fact that, like, if you haven't called that throughout the whole game, don't. I also think that I have a problem with it just because, like, yes, it was a hold, but it was such a light hold. It was. And the ball looked like it was, like, not even catchable. So that's what really, like, made me angry about it because it's like, dude, if you're going to call that, like call it on a solid penalty, something that's like no doubt a penalty, right? you know? And that's what I think sucks about it because like it was such a like, eh, eh kind of call and that decided the game. And exactly you're hundred percent right. It um, robbed not only Philly and Kansas city, obviously we, well, Kansas city doesn't feel robbed, but it robbed Philly. Obviously our fans would do that, but seeing the just fans of the game and, everybody else react the same way was validating in that fact, because I don't know. Like, I just, I don't understand how NFL, obviously they're not going to say anything that goes against their guys, but you got to imagine that NFL wouldn't be happy about that because they would love that showdown. Yeah. But you know, anything that puts money in Roger Goodell's pocket, he doesn't really. True. Well, and it also leads to the sod gate that it was fixed to go towards Kansas city way. So if that was real NFL wouldn't matter then because Goodell, Oh my God. Did you see who was the guy that he hugged after? Was it Chris Jones or I don't, I don't even, I don't think I actually yeah. recognized cause it wasn't his Jersey and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was but, disgusting and don't even get me started on the fact that the groundskeeper literally came out this week and was like, Oh yeah, the field was overwatered. Like, sir, you have one job. Dude, well, and I think the most frustrating part, and, like, you could tell Hassan Reddick was really torn up about it. Um, intentional there, torn up. Because um, yeah. he literally, like, just seeing, like, the highlight reel, I guess it's not really a highlight, but the reel of him being so close to getting Patrick Mahomes and getting, like, on the QB and then his feet just sliding out from under him. Like, that is such a huge thing. And that's why it is kind of just, like, eh. Like, it does make you think because it's, like, everybody knew that was Philly's defense's strong point. Everybody knew that. It's just such a bummer to have these things that just – it's such a bummer to have, like, these things hovering over a loss. Like, if it was just, like, a loss – outplayed by Patrick Mahomes, fine, fine, respect, yep. move on. And, you know, it, for, it, it, it was a great game. Patrick Mahomes played a great game. The Chiefs played a great game. Like, it is what it is. Respect all the way around, um, except for TikTok boy. He can – Oh, yeah, that's freaking ridiculous. Everything was fine. Everyone was being respectful until that jackass decided to do what If he I was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, I'd be like, dude, you mean nothing. Please do not celebrate our successes. He's on a one-year deal. They're not resigning yeah. him. Th- do not brag about my success. Yeah, like get, please get out of here. Um, Patrick Mahomes revived his career. No one else was going to take him on anyway. Um, 
but I digress. Like, you know, a lot of respect there. It is what it, and you know, Patrick Mahomes said, like, you know, Jalen Hurts is someone who I expect to see in these games for the rest of my career. And he's not wrong. Like mm-hmm. those two are going to be like, they play them actually this season. Like it's going to yeah. be a great game. It'll probably be the Sunday night game that week. Um, you know, so it, it's, but it's just a shame that there are these two, like what could have been. Yeah things that are always going to be attached to that like it just sucks I agree because in Philly you know that we're going to think about it forever (laughs) but I do have a question for you so in 2004 came out that um Spygate and stuff because Mm -hmm. we lost to the New England Patriots and that's kind of why a lot of Philly hates Tom Brady and the Patriots organization rightfully so um but so if it comes out that Sawgate ended up being an actual like thing and like Kansas city knew about it and that's how they were prepared and like had cleats. Do you think that it would be different? Cause right now I, I can deal with it. Like I still love the chiefs as long as we don't play them kind of thing. You know what I mean? I really like Patrick Mahomes. I love Andy Reid. So like, I still like the team, but do you think, and I feel like a lot of Phillies like that once they like have some time to marinate kind of, but do you think if Sawgate becomes an actual thing and it's confirmed that it was a thing that it would change how people think about the chiefs um i don't know if it would change that i just think that we would want to see them again and make it right the way that we did like i i am at peace with what happened in 2004 because of what happened in 2017 there you go and, and we just don't have to wait like 15 years right and that's that's how I look at it and I you're right I'm hopeful that we don't have to wait um that long but who knows who knows it's brutal it's really brutal all right we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about some of the free agents we've got going on the difference and the changes that are going on within the Eagles organization you are listening to the babes on broad on BGN radio Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into episode number 102 of Babes on Broad. So we talked about how they left Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. Thank God. So... Let's look at who replaced him. They brought in Sean Desai to be their new defensive coordinator. Um, A a weird move. Um, I will say that it does after like seeing Nick Sirianni talk about it and kind of hearing his explanation, like 
I understand why he likes him because it's the style he fits kind of a Jonathan Gannon style, unfortunately. And that's the style that Nick Sirianni likes. Um, I do like the positives about like hearing that he's a big team guy, like all his players like him, that he's a great football mind. I think that's always a plus. Um, and he's young. So I think that um, there's a lot of room for growth there. He ha- doesn't have much experience. I mean, obviously he has worked up to this point, but he was defensive coordinator for the bears back in 2021. And then an assistant head coach of the defense. I don't understand some of these titles sometimes uh, for <laughs> Seattle in 2022. So yeah, I, I think that, I don't know. Cause they, they did bring in a lot of guys. I think they could have brought in a more, um, somebody different, but after hearing Nick Sirianni's thoughts, like I said, it makes sense at this move. Um, and it could be worse, but I think it could be better. What do you say? I just, my only, I guess, concern is just the fact that I think he only has that one year of actual play calling under his belt. So I think that's probably my only concern is that from a play calling standpoint, the experience isn't really there. Um, Now that's not to say that, you know, he won't figure it out and be fine. Um, I don't hate the hire. I like, I do like the fact that he's young. I do like the fact that um, he, he's a guy who apparently like really like loves his safeties. And I think that maybe this was something the ideal of trying to keep CJGJ here and you know they did say they're not planning on letting him go anywhere. They'll tag him yeah. if they can get a deal done. But um, yeah, I'm, I mean, like I'm ex- I'm excited to see something that's not Jonathan Gannon. I think that's just what I it comes am too. Down to. I'm just nervous at the similarities between the two. Sure, sure. But I also one one thing I did notice that Nick Sirianni said was you know looking. He said like you know our thought process we were you know wanted somebody who you know wasn't scared to make adjustments and able to make adjustments and I'm like that's all that was number there one criteria go. learn how yeah. to make a freaking adjustment literally so but he also um it's going to be interesting because it's I mean it's free reign for him basically so we have so many defensive free agents on this yeah. team and yeah they are basically going to have to reconstruct this whole thing I mean Howie's a wizard we've seen him work miracles before but yeah I'm, I'm curious how it's gonna go obviously um CJ Gardner Johnson they're most likely going to bring back they need to yes um but yeah I mean a lot of there's a lot of age on this line as well so it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do yeah so I mean you Okay, so we'll just run down this free agent list really quick. Fletcher Cox, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Jason Kelsey, James Bradbury, Isaac Sayamalu, Andre Dillard, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, and Dominican Sue, Linval Joseph, Boston Scott, Zach Pascal, Miles Sanders, Rick Lovato, CJ GJ, Tyree Jackson, Gardner Minshew, and Marcus Epps. Um, we- I would love if they could keep Fletch. I just think he fits the organization, but if it's just – short-term simple money kind of like how he was on this one-year deal yeah but I don't know I think I think he is one and Brandon Graham I think both of them are guys that if they want to be here they would take a cut 
you figure out a way to keep them here and okay. let them let them play here until they tell you they're done. Yeah. They have both been such an integral part of this organization and the success that this organization has had over the last however many years that like they just like they're two where I first and it's the same thing with Jason Kelsey, right? Like Jason yeah. Kelsey's arm could be falling off. And if as long as he tells you he wants to play here, y- you let him play here. No, I agree a hundred percent. And also um, it fits with the fact that Sean Desai doesn't have much experience and he's young. The whole coaching right. staff now is young. So yeah. it, it really would make sense to have young, I mean, like vets like that to help out these young coaches. Yeah. So and also to help out with some of these younger players, like, you know, you want a guy like Fletcher Cox to be there with Jordan Davis as he gets a little bit more you know, playing time in the next year. Like you want that mentorship to yeah. be there as well. You saw them do it with Jason Peters. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and same thought process, right? Like you, as long as he wants to keep playing here, you let him keep playing here because he's a first ballot hall of famer and he deserves it. Now, yeah. was he, was it a struggle at the end? Because he was also like, they were also paying him like an absurd amount of money yes. to stay here for like one year. So they can't be doing that. No. But I really do think that like Robert Quinn was a one-year rental. We knew that. And Dominic I, yeah, Dew, Linnell, Joseph, like, they were all, yeah. All one-year rentals, that's fine. That is what it is. Um, the one that sucks is Javon Hargrave. He's going to be a big loss. And Philly obviously would love to keep him. I just don't think they're going to be able to afford him. He's as of right, Yeah, and as of right now, he's talked about for being getting – like supposed to get paid this I mean, he, he had an yeah. unbelievable year. And Yeah, he, as he should. He had a great mm-hmm. year in a contract. Like he's going to go somewhere and he's going – he's going to get like – a three-year, three-year, ten million. Like that's yeah. going to be the kind of yeah. Kind he's of supposed that... to get paid. So, um, I mean, good for him. It sucks that we won't have the money to be able to keep him. Yes, I would love if they could figure something out. Obviously, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. So it looks like he's going to leave. I totally agree. Um, I am praying to God that Jason Kelsey plays one more year. I um, was thinking about this. I feel like if he was going to retire he would have told us already because he's such a team guy. He knows he has to before the draft. You can't retire after the draft and be like, I mean, even though they kind of already got his um, replacement in Dickerson, right? No, in Cam Jurgens. So they, yes. yes, but so, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly because the other part of that is they're not going to be able to retain Isaac Sayamalo. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to keep him. With too much money. Of, yeah. He's another okay. one who like, like remember. When he's we always talking? sneaky good. When you don't hear their names a lot, like that's how, you know, they're doing their job. On he the had line. a, he had a great year coming off mm-hmm. a big injury. So yeah. he had a really, really good year and he's going to be one of the What's most. Thought after. He's young. Yeah. I was going to say, he's probably like our age, like 28 ish. Yeah. I think I, it may be a little bit younger, honestly. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. We're old now. Um, <laughs> in terms of like sports ages, we're actually on the old side now. We're considered yeah. old. Um, but yeah, I think that I don't know if they're going to be able to, because he's going to be another one that like someone is going to pay him a, a, a pretty contract. So he'll turn he 29 be the best lineman. He's our worst lineman and he would be their best lineman. 
You know what I mean? Like that's how good the Eagles offensive line is. So I don't think they're going to be able to retain him, which means they might have to put Cam Jurgens over there at guard. If they can manage to get, make Jason Kelsey play another year, at least. I think, I think um, he can be persuaded. I also, especially with this line, he's got those guys. He loves those guys. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I can see him keeping it going. Yeah. And because they were also so close and like, if they, you know how he's going to fix this defense, that's what he's best at is stacking that line. So like they're going to rebuild it. And with how talented this offense is, I think Jason Kelsey is going to be like, we were so close. This team has so much potential. Let's run it back. I do think that if they won the Super Bowl, he should have retired though. Yes, I agree. I agree. Win the Super Bowl, go have your third kid right off into yep. the sunset. You, I know he's probably like, Tram, you're killing me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, um, I do think he can be persuaded. I would hope he can be persuaded because also I think a big priority with one of those first round picks is going to need to be drafting Lane Johnson's replacement, future replacement that's going to have to be something they do because Lane's probably only going to play two or three more years. So like they did with Landon Dickerson and bringing him in, like they did last year with Cam Jurgens, yeah. they're going to need to do that for a right tackle. And if they lose Isaac and they need Cam Jurgens over, like they need, they're very good at preemptively like drafting the people that they need. And like, yeah, even if it's even if it's just like a project like last year like Jordan Davis didn't play a hell of a lot of snaps this year but I do believe he's going to be playing a lot of snaps in 2023 and he's going to be way better prepared than he would have been in 2022 you know what I mean um so that's that's kind of the way that the that the Eagles operate um similarly like Kaiser White and TJ Edwards are they going to keep them both are they even going to worry about trying to retain TJ Edwards knowing that they've gotten a Kobe Dean waiting in the wings True. to come out and, and play? like, so, and I think that that's also a draft mentality that while I do, you know, we've had our qualms with Howie in the past. I think that in terms of setting themselves up, there still are some questionable ones here and there, but in terms of setting themselves up, I think that's something that the Eagles have managed to do a very good job of in that they lose someone and the next person kind of seamlessly comes in. Oh, so 100%. Brandon Brooks, right? Like yeah. Brandon Brooks, we were we didn't know what to do with losing Brandon Brooks. And Landon Dickerson comes in and playing phenomenal football. But yep. knowing that he was kind of a – we took him in the second round, but will he play this year? Maybe, probably not, unless there's a big injury, and then seamlessly comes into to the starting lineup. Um, I still wanted Asante Samuel Jr. with that pick, but this year with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I was able to make my piece. Yes. However, we might lose James Bradbury because we're not going to be able to retain him. Like, yeah. there are just so many free agents. Like, I don't know how I they're going to do it. Thank God it's not my job. I know. My job is There just really are. Not it. I mean, luckily, so – just looking at the list, like you said already, there are some key guys, obviously, that they know they have to keep. Um, and Dominican Sue, that was kind of a one-year rental, but I wouldn't mind if they signed him for another one year. I feel like he's not looking for too much money because he is older. And he said before he just kind of wants to go somewhere that has a chance of winning. So I would like to keep Dominican Sue again for another year if they could get him cheap. Um, sure. Same with, like, Linvale Joseph. I don't really care, like, 
just keep one of them. I don't think that would hurt if you could get them cheap because they're up there. Um, Boston Scott, I feel like you could keep him. He probably wouldn't be too much. He's older, just like a Darren Sprolesy kind of. Yeah, I think that there's – I think a lot of these guys – Zach Pascal, like, let him go. Miles Sanders, unfortunately, let him go. Um, it's a shame because you just can't invest money at that running back position anymore. No, you really you can't. And that's why everybody it. that's like, oh, draft a running back. I'm fine with that, just not in the top rounds. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to use a, a first-round no. pick on a running back. I think you Ever. can get some really good talent in two or three. And especially with our defensive line – being so old and everybody basically being a free agent. I did see something today about the Eagles apparently being one of the favorites to sign Josh Jacobs, mm. which I wouldn't hate, but also why not keep Miles at that point? You yeah, know what I, mean? like, I feel like Josh Jacobs sense. will require more money. That's good. I haven't looked at the specific. I just saw that tweet come across today. I didn't click on yeah. it. I just saw it. it was like, hmm, and then moved on. Yeah. Gardner but, Minshew, the rest of the list that kind of, eh. Well, Marcus Epps. Marcus Epps, I think they need to keep Marcus Yeah. Epps. Because but, we already have such an issue at the safety position. Like, I agree. have that if they don't retain both CJGJ and Marcus Epps, then we're right back to, like, square one with all of our yeah, issues there. I agree. But, so, even though we do have a lot of free agents, Howie's a wizard, so he'll find a way to keep the ones that we really need to keep. And I have faith in his abilities there that he'll be able to bring in who we need to like you know what I mean to fill mm-hmm. those gaps um obviously Howie's biggest concern is always the draft we'll see if he can have a another decent draft this year um but yeah I mean going along with those free agents so you also have a new head coach on the offensive side um Brian Johnson promoted from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator I will say the only, like, I do like the move. The only thing I would have said I wanted instead was, like, Eric Bieniemy because I didn't know he was going to leave somewhere. Now where's he going? To Washington. Washington. Yeah. Which is stupid on his part. But, like, that shows how little amount of people really are giving him a shot. But, so I would have liked Eric Bieniemy, But the more I learn about Brian Johnson, the more I really like that move. I'm really excited about Brian Johnson. Yeah. I'm really excited about Brian Johnson. And I just think that you can't underestimate the like the relationship piece. And I think that's something that it's just he he was such a significant part of helping Jalen Hurts take this take this leap from, you know, year one as a starter to year two as a starter. I know it was technically his third year, but, you know, second year yeah. as a full-time starter. Like, he's known Jalen Hurts since he was five years old. That is a cool story. He, like, his Jalen Hurts' dad coached Brian Johnson. So, Brian Johnson has been, like, a mentor to Jalen Hurts for the majority of his life. Like, just no, it, that, like, synergy, I feel like is – it's it's been such a huge component of why Jalen is where he is right now. And I think that's absolutely the best option for them. It was, it was the best option for them. And like, as long as I agree, Eric B would be great. I just think that that relationship gives it that extra, like, this is the best thing. And there's actually a video. I don't know if you saw this. There's a video that was circulating on Twitter and it's a Cowboys fan talking about how his number one desire for their offensive coordinator was the Eagles quarterback coach, Brian Johnson. That's because 
because oh, he was ahead. with Jack at Mississippi, yep, at Mississippi State. State. And so, he, did you see that video? No, but I just put it two and two together of yeah. why he would say that. So, but the the actually like huge respect to this Cowboys fan yeah. for like the analysis of it is really if if you're not already excited about like if we were going to lose Shane Steichen, like this is the guy that we needed to keep and have as our offensive coordinator. If you weren't already excited, I'll go find it and I'll retweet it. It's, it's a really good, like walking through the success that the different teams he had been with. It was Dak at Mississippi state. He had like two of his best years. And then he was the offensive coordinator at Florida, Florida. and the Florida Gators yep. had been like Trash. really bad. <laughs> yeah. So just like the way that he goes through everything, you like, if you weren't already excited about that hire, like th- this'll definitely, and also just the fact that the Cowboys wanted him. It yeah. Just, it oh, rubs it in so the sweet. face a little bit. So but, sweet. Um, the, yeah. The only question mark there is really his play calling abilities. Sure. It, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be the play calling hundred percent, but I also think part of it is going to be, it, it's going to be a lot of sort of open conversation with Jalen and yeah. figuring out what's going to work. Which wouldn't be best. a bad thing because Jalen is a fantastic football mind. So that makes a lot of sense, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I have faith and people weren't huge on Nick Sirianni. I was kind of hesitant about that just because there were question marks there. But um, they seem to be getting these young coaches and finding these young coaches that end up being something. So hopefully Listen, it keeps I still going. Think, I like it. I still think that watering the flower thing is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life. But damn it, if that didn't work. Right. <laughs> like if it works, and that's what I said back then. I was like, if that works, great. But that is one of the most insane things I've ever heard. But hey. What do I know? I'm not. Well, and I, I just because like that showed how much too that like the team was on his side because like if you were on the outside, you're like what? And that was a lot of people were like, how is this team going to buy into it? But no, they love Nick Sirianni. They obviously already love Brian Johnson, so that. And then Sean Desai, like I said earlier, he has a really good rap of being a players guy. Yeah. So I really, yeah, I love the camaraderie. Like that's how Philly is. Like Philly plays their best when they all like each other and all are a cohesive group and yep. are having fun. So I like that. Yeah. So we'll see what goes on. I mean, the first day of like the new league year, I think is March 7th. The combine is this week. This, yeah. um, and the ability to tag um, to franchise tag players that opened on February 21st and they have until 4 PM Eastern on March 7th to do that. So if they're, you know, they, I guess they're trying to work on a deal with CJ Gardner Johnson because it is currently March 2nd and they don't have a lot of time left to be able to tag him if they don't get a deal done. So I I need this man to stay here forever. Knowing us, Jess, we're going to wrap this up and it's going to come out in an hour. (laughs) No, you're probably right. It's okay. Yeah. So it is 10 7 a.m. <laughs> on Thursday, March 2nd. And I can't wait for 11 7 a.m. on Thursday, March 2nd when <laughs> I get my Adam Schefter tweet noty that CJ Gardner Johnson is an eagle for life. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's a lot to look forward to in this offseason. Obviously, we'll be back soon to after the combine and stuff and really be able to look at who the Eagles should start. Um, 
trying to decide who they'll take and what positions we want them to draft and which we want them to pick up. There's a lot to look at. Let me ask you this one question before, before we wrap up. Do you think they keep both first or do you think they end up trading one again? I think they trade. Yeah. I think you need to get a defensive lineman or like a D end. And then, um, yeah, and then use the other as a trade. We saw it work out last year, and it worked out fantastically, obviously. Um, Imagine trading A.J. Brown. Imagine mm-hmm. trading A.J. Brown. You scared me at first fired. because when you first said it, I thought you meant, like, us doing that oh, move. God, and I was yeah. like, no, like, no, just we're not no. Idiots. You literally scared me at first because I just took it as that, and then I realized you no, know no, my last year. Not idiots. Um, yeah. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that you traded A.J. Brown, then A.J. Brown absolutely cooks your team on his new team and you get fired the next day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like can't write that. Can't write Literally. that in the story. Yeah, no. So I would love, obviously move it. Howie be Howie. That's what he's good at. I want to see that. So yeah, I just, man, I would love a better like three wide receiver. Like Zach oh, Pascal yeah. by Quez Watkins. I don't trust you anymore. Like I would love another three. Yeah, they need another three. And but do they do well that'll they be probably, probably trade season. that pick and use it on a running back, if anything, to trade for a running back instead of draft one. That could be interesting. Yeah. So there I guess- are a few young running backs in this draft that I see people correlating to the Eagles, but I just am not willing to give a first or a high second for it. Yeah. I think um maybe next week's episode we'll look at some of the free agents around the NFL and see if there are any that make sense on a cheaper deal or that would, you know, want to come to a team to play with Jalen Hurts and potentially go to the Super Bowl. So we'll <laughs> see where, where is the Super Bowl next year? Where do I need to book my flight to? I don't know. Super Bowl 58. Good Lord. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's in Vegas. Oh, I did know that. I did know that too. Yes. I've never been to Vegas. Like, I haven't been there in a while. And I would like to go back. Um, I will not be doing in and out in 24 hours like I did with Phoenix. Yes, again. you're not for that. I, it was, it was, I will say. Do you regret it? No, not <laughs> at all. I don't regret that for a second. Um, my bank account might regret it, but I don't regret it. Um, it was awesome. And it was awesome because, so we did, we, my family did Minnesota, which was mm-hmm. unbelievable, but it was freezing. Mm-hmm so cold it was like negative 12 degrees when we landed without the wind chill um at two o'clock in the afternoon it was negative 25 when we left um but like you couldn't enjoy the like super bowl experience yeah freezing um and this was just it was fun to be able to do with my husband it was just the two of us we left at like 3 a.m got on a plane. It was the most efficient two rounds of boarding a plane experiences I've ever been a part of in my life because it was a bunch of insane Eagles fans on their way to Phoenix with no bags. So everyone just like filed on the plane really fast, sat down and like, buckled That's up. Hilarious. like let's go. Yeah. And then on the way home, it was a bunch of really sad Eagles fans trying to get back to Philly, like get me the hell out of this yeah. state, filed right on, buckled up and we were out super fast. Um, but it was fun because it was beautiful. I got to see the sun and feel the sun on my skin instead of what goes on in Philadelphia mm-hmm. right now. Um, and do all the like fun different things and like all the Super Bowl rings and the Lombardi trophy and like all the stuff was fun. And they had like food trucks and like a, a different drinks and everything. So like we had a really fun time and they opened this, like you scan your tickets and you go into like this whole like 
they, they basically make like a border around the stadium with all the stuff. So you scan your tickets to go in and then you can go like in and out of the stadium. Like you didn't have to like all fun, like everybody funneled into this like huge area that they had mm. set up and then you kind of do whatever. Like we went into the stadium, like really early. We like walked around, got some food, like just like hung out, took it all in. And you know, while it was an unfortunate outcome, it was a really fun thing for just the two of us to do. Like we literally like bet, yeah. took off at 6 13 AM and we landed at 6 AM Monday morning, like Ooh. literally four hours. Um, we were, and I will say a win would have helped the adrenaline yeah. that we needed to get through Monday. Um, but it was a lot of fun and Vegas and once on a lifetime thing to be fun, but yeah, we had to get there first. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm sad again. I had like gotten, I had gotten over it, not over it, but like I had made Talk my shift yeah. into the Sixers and the Phillies and the Sixers who are trying to kill me also. It's fine. It is what it is. Whatever. We'll wrap up there. Thank you for <laughs> listening to episode 102 of Babes on Broad. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about some of the other free agents around. We'll talk about anything else that came out of the combine and what we're starting to see getting ready for the draft. Thank you again for listening to us here. Make sure you're paying attention to everything on SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation as well. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.